What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, as always, Jack Vita. We had a good time last week uh, catching you up on Major League Baseball. That It's already August 16th today, but I talked last week with Jake Poliga. We're now in the middle of August. It's pretty wild. We got a lot coming up on this show with football season returning over the next few weeks. Uh, we're only – we're – less than two weeks away from college football season kicking off. So this Friday I will be beginning the college football preview on this show with Andrew Stem, And we're basically going to just sit and record a college football preview. We'll see how long it is and we'll probably split it up into multiple episodes. Uh, it could be one episode if it's not too long, but it probably will be long. So lots uh, coming up here on the show. Once again, we'll be back next week covering more baseball, and we're going to have to do an NFL preview at some point as well. So we things are really about to heat up here. It's a calm before the storm, and I have an excellent guest joining me today. If you don't want to miss out on any of the content that we have coming out, make sure you're subscribed to the Jack Vita Show. Log on to my website, jackvita.com and get on the email list so you don't miss any of the content that we have out on there. I've been writing. We have our sports movie bracket going on. Sweet 16 about to start, and we have an excellent man joining us, returning to the program. We had him on last year uh, in October. It was right after I had Albert on the show for the first time, and Albert was just on, so we bring him back now once again. Joey Ricotta. He's a blogger and host of Stuffing the Stat Sheet, the podcast. Joey, welcome back to the program. How are you doing? I'm good, Jack. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's always great to hear your voice and great <laughs> to talk some ball with you. And uh, yeah, it feels like it's a little overdue. Sorry for pushing yeah. this back a little bit. <laughs> no, it's all good. It, it's I mean, we've had a lot of guests on this show and we try to get everyone you know, we like to in welcome on new people, but we also like to bring people back. It's kind of like the challenge in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> analogy. That that's a great analogy. You gotta you gotta have some throwbacks every once in a while, but you gotta get in some new talent too. Yeah, but we also have to develop the new talent. We don't want to just have one and done. So thankfully, you're not a one and done. You're back here for the second time, and I had a great time back in. April at the start of the season, ironically, at the end of the last challenge season, now the challenge is getting started once again. Um, but I went on your show, Stuffing the Stat Sheet, and we talked a lot of baseball on there, and that was a very fun time. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for the plug there. Um, it's, uh, it's, I need to get some more episodes out there. So you might have been <laughs> one of my most recent guests, even though it was way back then. <laughs> so, um, no, I had a great time, um, you know, and we were talking some challenge and talking uh, some Cubs and, and uh, some, some rookie standouts, I think, at the time. Now, uh, your mean Mercedes isn't even in the major leagues, but <laughs> uh, we were talking about his hot streak back then. But a lot has changed since then, yeah. so it's, a, it's fun to, to get back with it and talk about some uh, recent happenings. Yeah, a lot has changed, and Joey... Uh, you're one of those guys who's still out there doing it. You're still playing baseball. You had double header over the weekend. Um, and I believe you're, are you 30, 31? You're still hacking it out there. Yeah. I'll be 31 in November. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
And I haven't played. Look, I have so much love for you guys that are still playing because I haven't played. My my career ended after my eighth grade season. And each year I get this in the springtime, I get this itching. And I was like, I'm like, I want to get back out there. I miss it. I miss it. And when I play softball, it's never the same. It's not the same as playing real baseball. But Mm -hmm. for a while, I couldn't play because I had health issues. I'm finally healthy now. COVID's behind us, hopefully. (laughs) But uh, I really want to get out there in a league. But it's been... 13 years since I played organized baseball. Like, am I going to be okay? Like, am I going to be able to work that rust off? I I think so. I mean, you know, that's the thing. You don't need, you don't know how rusty you are until you actually step out there. So I think the big thing is just getting back out there because to be honest with you, last season, last year, we didn't have a season obviously because of COVID. And obviously it's great to hear that you're, uh, over the the health issues that you had, um, but last year, you know, a lot of people were scared. You know, we couldn't do anything, obviously, so we didn't play. Um, the year before that, I took off, so technically, I hadn't played for well, almost three years. So, and I didn't realize how much rust I had, not only at the <laughs> plate but at the in the field. I'm like, these are routine grounders, but. <laughs> You know, like 13 years, I think it's doable. We got a kid on our team that uh, he hasn't played. He's from Atlanta, and he hasn't played, I don't know how many years it's been. I forgot. He just put, like, something on the Facebook post. But he just had his first RBI of the season. In, in, uh it was crucial because this is the first round of the playoffs yesterday. That's why we had a doubleheader. But, um, and it was such a key spot. He had a nice line drive single. He was really struggling at the plate, but. I mean, so it took him a while to shake off the rust, but he looks good now. So, yeah, I think it's doable. It's definitely doable. You just gotta, just gotta get out there, man. So, Joey, how'd the doubleheader go? How'd you guys do? Uh, it went really well. Uh, we, I don't remember the scores of each game, but we, I believe we ten run them in the second game. In the first game, either we ten run them or we came close to 10 running them. I had a great weekend myself. I I wasn't out there playing, but I did get handed bears tickets to Saturday's preseason game. So I went to the preseason game Saturday. I went to the Sox game yesterday. Uh, Great. What was that? I just, that's a, that's a, that's a big weekend. Yeah, it is a big weekend. And, you're sitting out in the sun that long. Like today, I just felt, I just felt so tired and I don't even drink. Like I don't, I wasn't hung over or anything like that. Today, I just had a headache though. I was really tired out, man. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. You're <laughs> sitting out there for two, two, uh, pro games and you're, yeah, yeah. you're just probably out there roasting and then you probably <laughs> well, bring all the fans too. Thankfully, Saturdays wasn't bad. We were in the shade. It was a little cooler, but yesterday I was cooking out in the bleachers at the cell and it was, it was a, it was a great time, but I was very tired and I still am. So, uh, but great weekend for sports here in Chicago. I was there for yesterday's loss to the Yankees and the Bears preseason win on Saturday. And typically we're not talking football at this point in the season, but the fact that I was at this game, I think uh, I think we need to talk a little bit of Bears here, Joey. Get us going. Let's, let's do it, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm jacked up for it, so... Let's so the main thing is, okay, so I'm at the game and I, I have to thank you, even if you didn't watch it live, because maybe you had some baseball stuff going on, 
you you probably watched the highlights at least because you're a big Bears guy, right, Joey? Yeah, yeah. I was actually I Saturday I was able to watch the game. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So I thought initially that Tua looked really good. He threw that one pick. Um, and then we were watching that play unfold. He he Adam Shaheen broke off a long play downfield earlier. And then he was open in the end zone and Tua didn't see him in time. And it was really, that was something I got to see when you're at a a football game. I've only been to, this was my second NFL game I've ever been to, where you actually get to see the window, how quick that window closes, where he's, he's throwing and he looks wide open. They converge and they, he ends up throwing a pick in the, uh, in the end zone. But for the most part, I actually thought Tua looked really good against the Bears first team. Yeah, I think he did too, for the most part. I mean, uh, I'm a little bit worried about uh, the Bears' secondary. That scares me. But no, no, Tua, he showed a little bit of improvement, I think. And to, to your point, I mean, being at a game, you can definitely see the layout a little bit better than yeah. what you see on TV. You can see, you know, like you said, plays develop and see how, you know, how quickly everything closes. So if you're saying that, you know, that was just a quick close, um, you know, that just speaks to just how good NFL talent is, number one. But, um, yeah, I think, he, I think he did pretty well for the most part. I will say that uh, the safeties, the Bears really didn't have uh, their, their, their starting safeties playing in that game. So take it maybe with a little bit of grain of salt. Also, their linebacking core um, they didn't really play many of these guys much. I mean, you know, so the, the, the front – the front side, uh, the front line did pretty well for the Bears, but just shutting down the the run game. But Tua, I think he he showed, you know, that's what made it made it such a fun game. You had both these uh, you know, young quarterbacks playing in the game. And yeah, I'm I'm encouraged to see what, what happens with Tua this season for sure. Yeah, I like Tua, and I think one of the things with me, Joey, is it seems like I I zig when other people zag. Sometimes, and I think part of it is when there's a guy like Tua or there's a guy like Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford, where everything you hear about them is so overwhelmingly negative from the mainstream press. And I, I, I sometimes challenge those narratives because I say, okay, look, I'm not saying that I think Tua is going to win the MVP this year, but there was so much last year after he only played, I mean, he only played like seven games last year. He was coming off hip surgery, and it's really hard to throw a football when you have hip surgery and you don't have a preseason. There was no preseason last year. So my whole my whole take on Tua has been, let's just wait and see. Let's give it some time. There's a lot of talent on that Dolphins team. You bring in his former teammate, Jalen Waddell, and you when the, the nice thing about when you have a quarterback who's on that rookie contract, you're in a window. So all you mm-hmm. really need – you, you have an opportunity to put a lot of talent around him. I mean, Baker last year, I think, was a pretty average starting NFL quarterback. But the Browns almost got to the AFC title game. Baker just had to be good enough. And I think Tua can be good enough. And I mean, I felt mm. encouraged from what I saw him on what I saw from him on Sunday, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I think their defense that's you know that's going to be the strength of the team and and i think they have a good enough team and good enough coaching i think their coaching doesn't get enough credit 
uh, in Miami. At, I mean, look what they did last season. Nobody was really expecting them to be that good, and they were. Yeah, they played pretty well. And I mean, I and Tua actually had a winning record as a quarterback last last year uh, of the games that he was in. Uh, and I mean, you know, nothing against Fitz Magic because he was pretty good too. Really, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like he was bad. It wasn't. That's really not why he lost the job. I think they just wanted to see Tua. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, I think they played a little bit conservative with him too. Also, being his first year, and then we got to remember, you know, he had that major injury. So, yeah. You know, it, it plays in it plays into everything. I mean, now getting a year or not a full year, but getting some, some action, you know, we'll see what, what happens with him taking this next step. Cause I mean, I, everybody was really high on him. I, at least not, not, maybe not everybody, but I was coming out of college. And I remember the, the, the theme at one point was instead of tank for Trevor or tank for Lawrence, it was tank yeah. for Tua. Yeah. It was. So, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, this guy has talent and I mean, he can, he could be more than, he could be more than average. I think he oh, could yeah. definitely lead this team to to some victories and you know maybe some victories in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the thing is is that the game has changed so much with the salary cap. And you know, fifteen years ago, the pay scale for rookies was very different. These guys were uh, these high draft picks. They'd have these really long negotiations because the guys would get paid more than most veteran players. But they changed the pay scale. And now with that new pay scale, the window is, well, if we have a quarterback that's good enough, they just have to be good. Again, good enough is the the phrase Mm -hmm. I key in on here. You can put enough talent around those guys and you can win a lot of games. And so the window now is that rookie, the rookie quarterback contract. So I think right now the expectation for a rookie, for a, a guy that's drafted to be the long-term quarterback, the expectation is for them to be starting by week one of their second year. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, and you're seeing it more and more that um, these teams do want these guys to play in the first season, you know, if they can. Uh, obviously, there's a learning curve there where th- th- there's things that they're just not going to know coming from college to, and the speed of the NFL is just different. Uh, you know, you have to be able to call the game, get the play calling in quickly, get it out quickly, understand what every play is, and it's, it's more advanced, obviously. So it's, it's it's a lot because sometimes you'll get it within the last, like, seven seconds of a play clock, and you've got to hurry up and you got to direct these guys. And then you got to be able to hear everything. And, and move guys at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's what I think a lot of people don't really realize when they're looking at these rookie quarterbacks. Like, it's, you know, it's not really just a talent thing. It is very, very mental. And and the knowledge that you have to have for the game, I mean, it's just at a different level nowadays. So, uh, but I, I definitely agree with you on these rookie contracts and things like that. Like, it, you take advantage of your – and that's one of the main reasons why I want Justin Fields starting – Day one in Chicago, and oh I mean, wow! I know we're going to get to that, but yeah, I, I no, we're, well, we're going to we're going to do it now because you you made the bold strong take. Uh, so you want Fields starting week one is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, if he keeps this like like if he keeps this up, and, I, and I'll say this, I I don't think the game was perfect from him. Uh, you know, he started out. I wouldn't even say it was t- totally rough. The fumble was on him. Right, the fumble was not good. 
Uh, he got talked to on the sideline by David Montgomery, who told him, hey, you know, you got to tuck it here or hit the sideline quicker. You know, and he and he took all that in, uh, you know, from reports. He you know, he took all that in. He said, OK, yes. And then and you Joey, know, I think Joey, I think he played. Was he did he play all of quarters two and three? Was that what happened? Ooh, uh, don't it's, remember specifics on that, but I think you could be right on that. Yeah. I think it was something to that degree. So I think we saw the end of the second quarter. Me and my me mm-hmm. and my guys were like, well, "How would you grade that?" And we were, I was like, I, I think that was like a C minus. And my friend said C plus, mm-hmm. sort of quarter. But then he definitely, uh, if you were to grade individual quarters, and maybe you grade uh, third quarter like an A minus. Yeah, I would agree with that. I th- I'd say his overall grading now, if we're going collective uh, from the, the second, the third, or just, you know, however you want to do it, I would say it's a B plus uh, yeah. overall because I think, you know, that, that last drive in the second quarter, I think what I saw, what I really liked, he didn't get rattled. You know, he. I think we've seen quarterbacks, we've seen enough quarterbacks in Chicago where they fail or have some, some sort of failure – they really, really get – it's like everything kind of – it jumps on top of them, right? So, I mean, they, they just keep on failing. And he – you know, yeah, he fumbled. He threw a, threw, threw a ball that it could have been intercepted. The, the wide receiver fell down. It wasn't intercepted, luckily. And then you saw, like, okay, he drove the team down, got some points before the end of the half, uh, and then really just showed some some crazy, like – I mean, it was a great catch by Adams, who's fighting for a job as a receiver that he threw on that ball, kind of like a bat. Yeah, that shot. was a great catch. Great catch. And, I mean, he only, he put it in a great spot where only he could really get it. Um, and, but I really – the one play that everybody's talking about it, but I tweeted it out as soon as it happened because I'm like, holy crap, this is what we haven't seen, <laughs> was the play that he kind of – he went over to the right, he baited the defender – as he was like going to run the ball. Cause I mean, he's got great speed. They have to protect that. And he just dumped it over the top of them. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, that to me was the most impressive thing. Cause we know he has the speed. We know he has the arm, but it's like the instincts uh, that I, I really liked that play. And yeah, I just think he, you know, we have, we all have to remember like this is his first pro action, you know, so it's not going to be perfect, you know, and he's got a lot more to improve on. I just think everything I'm hearing about him being laser focused and like the first guy in the building, last guy to leave, that sort of thing. I, I just think, man, we know what Andy Dalton is at this point, and this the the tackles are not good right now in Chicago. This guy brings a different element with the speed and the arm, and I it just I say just let him go. I and I know Aaron Donald's week one, but just just that's tough. I know, but just let him go. <laughs> So, Joey, um, going back to what you said about him being first guy in the building, uh, last guy to leave, that was the same thing with Trubisky. They said the same stuff about Trubisky. Mm, Trubisky, yes no. look, look, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Trubisky, but Trubisky, the, the guys respected him as a leader. They all loved him. He's a good guy. Um, I'm not saying he is Trubisky. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't necessarily know if just because he commands that respect as a rookie means he should be out there week one. No, I, I mean, I see, yeah, I see your point. I see both sides of it because I, I mean, it doesn't mean that he 
needs to be out there week one just because he commands the respect. At But I've also been hearing stuff from the players saying, this is something we've never seen. Like even and they played with Trubisky, right? So well, they've also I've heard some of that with Andy too, where there were uh, Cole Komet, uh, one of my friends. I okay, so you might know this exact quote because I I didn't actually hear the exact quote, but I was at the game with a Bears fan, and for those who are do not know, I'm a Steelers fan, so I was a little neutral watching this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd love to see the Bears do something positive here in Chicago. That'd be great. Want yeah. my friends to be happy, but one of my friends was talking about how Cole Komet gave some quote about how they weren't used to being thrown open. Where there was, uh, he was like, "Yeah, I was just not used to like there are a couple times where I turned around and got hit in the helmet by a pass, or I got hit right off the hands because yeah. I wasn't expecting it to come out that quick." Mm-hmm. Was he talking about Dalton? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, and Dalton, that's nothing to take away from Dalton by what I'm saying about fields either. Cause I think Dalton, if you were to compare Dalton with Trubisky with falls, he's better than those guys. Right. I, I hundred percent. I think he, and, and he's ready to play in the NFL. He's played, he's actually played at a pretty decent level in past years. He's played pretty good level uh, with, with the Bengals for, you know, he had some, some runs there where he took them to the playoffs. He just couldn't get over that hump. And, you know, for whatever reason, it just stalled out in the playoffs. And he also had some rough seasons, you know, thrown in between there. I just think at this stage of his career, we just, we know what he brings. And like, if we're talking about the tackles being kind of fraudulent right now, and that's why they signed a 39 year old Jason Peters who, can't even really stay healthy that much the other day. Um, Dalton's going to be a sitting duck back there because he can't even yeah. run. So that's kind of where I'm at, where at least we know, like if st- if it all breaks down, Fields can at least move. And But I think as far as commanding a room, Dalton has that. And it sounds like together they have a good working relationship. Like Yes. You know, and I, I think he's good. He is good for Fields' development. I really believe that. So the thing that you said about offensive line, because I think that was really a a huge, the biggest detriment to their season last year was you, you bring in a pocket passer like Nick Foles and Mm -hmm. you don't have a pocket for him to throw it to. I, I, I would use that as reason for Justin Fields not to start the season because Look at what happened to Joe Burrow last year as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I would let's give it. I would say give it to Andy. And then when the team is two and four, and you're you're at week six or week seven, and you're it's an underperform. I wouldn't say underperforming, but the expectations have been lowered quite a bit. That would be a better situation, I think, to throw the rookie in there because if you put him out there week one, and the Bears may end up not being a very good team regardless of who's playing quarterback. Um, I think you could get off to a poor first half and then have this nice second half where you see the development from him and you get an idea of what you have and you have some hope going into next year. That's that's the way I look at it because I don't think the Bears are going to be a playoff team this year, but you might you might think so. No, I'm not really sure. I actually I, – I've went back and forth and I don't really – with Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay <laughs> – I, listen, I I'm like 
the biggest skeptic in the world when it comes to the Bears because I've seen it. You know what I mean? And they, yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but let's be honest, they squeaked it. It wasn't like they were playing this great football. They went on that losing streak and then somehow backed their way back into the playoffs. So, you know, and, and yeah, there's some turnover, obviously. It's not like it's the same exact roster. We know that, but, um, and, and it seemed like they tried, they started to figure some things out with like left guard through right guard on the offensive line, left guard, center, right guard. I like that. Uh, we don't know what Tevin Jenkins, when he's going to play, he's dealing with the back, which the Bears knew about when they drafted him. But I mean, he's a heck of a talent. So hopefully he's just resting. He'll be back. But I'm with you on that point of like, I don't want him to get tossed in the fire. Yeah. We saw it with Burrow not having a line and then look where that got him. He got injured. I do not want that to happen with fields. Um, so I see both sides of it. I, I definitely yeah. do. I just, I just feel like if you put Dalton out there too, I mean, yeah, he's not going to be your future franchise quarterback, but what's to say he's not going to get killed in the first half and then fields has to come in anyways, you know? Well, so- yeah, but I mean, that's what I think you cross that bridge when you get there. I think that's the that's like the opportune time to bring in Justin Fields is when Andy Dalton, if he if he that's were true. to get hurt. Yeah, that could that, yeah, I could see that too. I just like, feel I like think it's an easier transition to go from Dalton to Fields than it is to go from Fields to Dalton. Because what if what if you start with Fields and then Fields gets hurt and the team's playing really well with Andy? And now you can't are you just gonna bench Andy? Are you going? Are you going to keep Fields on the bench? Like I think it's easier to bring Fields in later in the season than it is to bring Andy in later in the season. Well, I think okay. So I'll answer that in two parts. So I think one, I think Dalton would be good in whatever role. If you if you started as the backup and Fields got hurt, right? And well, let's just say I don't even want to say that because it just sounds gross. yeah <laughs> yeah. But if Fields got hurt. You know, whatever the worst happened, Dalton comes in. I think he's more than capable as a backup because we saw it last year with uh, Dallas. He'd be fine as a backup if Dalton starts and Fields comes in. Yeah, I mean that's just like a spark of energy. My whole thing is, if you if Fields doesn't start, you're kind of capping your ceiling a little bit, right, on the whole season. So maybe they won't be a playoff team even with fields but i feel like there is that potential like next level of quarterback play that could reach your ceiling that could increase your ceiling so that's kind of where i'm at like it depends on how you feel if like if you don't want to like throw away let's say they wait four weeks if you don't want to just kind of throw away quote unquote because i mean Dalton could still win games i'm not saying he can't but i would just like to I would just want to increase that ceiling a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I just I think that sounds more like the optimistic Bears fan in you, though. I just don't I don't really see the the high ceiling with this team this year. No, but I mean from quarterback play alone, and that can that can well, increase yeah. any team's ceiling. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I'll give you that. I will also say I got a message from CJ Revis, who is a great friend of mine, who's a Bengals fan. And he, he said earlier today that if Andy Dalton had been a bear for his whole career, Andy Dalton would be the greatest uh, Bears quarterback of all time. 
CJ's a Bengals fan. Andy, I think Andy's a really good quarterback, by the way. And look, he might not be at the same point of his career that he was a few years ago, but I think he's still, I, I think he's, I think he's good to tell the truth. I think he's, he's better than average. Yeah. Like calling him good. I don't know if he's good anymore, but I think he's better than average. And I, and I think he was good. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with you there. I, I have no problems with Dalton. I was I was underwhelmed when I heard that the Bears signed him, but that was without. <laughs> but that's because I thought that that was like their like solution to the whole thing, and I I wanted more out of the front office, and then we got more, you know, with uh, the draft, obviously trading up. But um, yeah, I just. Because it just feels like something that they've already done in the past. You know what I mean? When they yeah. signed Dalton. And I was like, we gotta find we gotta find the long-term solution here. So but I, I think Dalton's a decent quarterback. I do. I think he's had a, a decent career, really. I think all I'm gonna say is to all the Bears fans that are listening, lower your expectations just a bit because it was the second team. It, no, I know a lot of people. I just saw. Okay, so I was at the game, and like when they get a first down, the Bears fans were so elated, and I'm just like, that's <laughs> that's just sad. It's like because they 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 yearn for it so bad. They want this so bad. They want Justin Fields, who one of my favorite players when he played in college, and I actually wasn't as high on him as some of the other quarterbacks in this draft. Um, but I love him as a guy. He's so lovable. He's so great. So how can anyone not root for Justin Fields? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I've just seen though, like if you looked at Twitter on Saturday, there was so much, there's a lot of like the bears finally, the, they finally figure this thing out. It's like, all right, this was against the second <laughs> team of the Miami dolphins in the preseason. Let's right. chill out just a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, it's overreaction city in Chicago right now. I mean, I listen, I'm a Bears fan, you know that, but it's 100% overreaction. And I mean, who could blame them, right? It's been years of of uh just terribleness. <laughs> like, I, I don't blame anybody for getting excited. I was excited, but you know, it's it's the overreactions where it's like, yeah, we still don't technically know how it's all going to shake out and how good or bad everything's going to be. So let's, let's pump the brakes. I will point out though, while he's playing against the other team's twos and threes, he's also playing with his own That's team's true. twos yep. and threes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you like to see good performances rather than bad performances. And, and uh, it's encouraging. That's all. Yeah, for sure. And Hey, I hope he can be at least the second greatest Bears quarterback on Twitter because Cutler is on Twitter right now and he's on fire. It's it's amazing. Cutler's he just returned and just came out of nowhere with a, a bang. Like, <laughs> I, I, wow! I don't even know where he was all these years. I know he was doing a TV show with uh, Kristen Cav- Cavallari, but. Man, he just came back on Twitter like, "Oh yeah, Cuddy's back." Okay, <laughs> got a page too. It was hilarious, just like at the beginning of that. Like he's been on for a week now. It was like last Monday, and it was just like 
he he was the old man who like someone showed him what Twitter was and he's like, how do I get a blue check mark? Do I want a blue check mark? Like, what am I doing here? Like, can I post <laughs> pictures? Like it was it was great. It's everything that I want from like a someone who's a Gen Xer or older using social media. Right. And it's so crazy because it's like he, he acts like he's so old. It's like, dude. <laughs> You didn't retire when you were that old, but you don't know how to do any of this stuff. I don't get it. <laughs> it's funny. I want to try some of his meats, though. The meats actually sound oh, pretty good. Yeah, they look really meat, good. Dude. Yeah, I was yeah. like seeing how interactive he was on social media. I was like, all right, Jay, come on this show. Just come on the Jack Vita show. You'll have a blast. Like, I think I think he'd be a great guest. I think he would too. He's 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 entertaining, man. I don't know. People used to hate on him so much. Bears fans. I was never that dude. I always backed him. I I said this guy's got toughness. People thought he quit in that championship game. I never thought that. I think it was a real injury. Everybody, we know what it was, but people want to act like they don't know what it was. I mean, he played through some terrible offensive line and took shot after shot. And then, yeah. you know, now that he retires, a lot of people are starting to like him again. Or, you know, starting to like him. And maybe they never did. They're like, because he's got a good personality. It's like, <laughs> you just didn't see that when he was playing because you wanted to see what you wanted to see. You know what I mean? I feel like he was someone that would not have ever been famous if it weren't for his football talent. Which, I mean, obviously yeah. you could say about anybody. But he's not a guy who was really wanting to be famous. And so, like... There's a level to him that's just like he's odd, but there's also a level to him where it's like just abs- totally normal, um, mm-hmm. and it's great. But, Joey, I got one last thing on this Fields thing. Um, I was going to go on your show back at the NFL draft. It didn't end up uh, working out in terms of time, in terms of ranking the quarterbacks in this past first round. Real quick, I want to hear where Fields stands in your QB one rankings from this uh, past April. Uh, so I won't put him number one because I think that would just be insane right now. Uh, just based on, you know, I'm not going to go back on what I previously thought. Yeah. Just, I just, just want to hear what, what you previously thought then. I want to hear that. Oh, okay. So, okay. Previously I had fields. Number one. I mean, uh, excuse me. Why did I say Trevor, fields? We're talking about fields. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one. Uh, I had I had Fields too. I did have Fields. Wait, no, 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 that's not right. I thought Wilson, Wilson. I thought Wilson was two because I saw the skills there. Oh right? yeah, I saw the big, huge arm. I think he's mobile enough uh, and just making crazy plays. And I thought Wilson was two, but I did, however, think Fields was three. And I I was not one of these guys that was like the late rising Trey Lance. And I see, I see the talent with Trey Lance, too. I really do. But he played against, you know. Well, he only he played one game or two games this past year before they pushed the FCS season to the fall or to the spring. So, yeah. honestly, Joey, I didn't factor Lance into any of my rankings just because I never actually saw him play. I just ranked the guys that I watch play. And mm-hmm. I had... I had Trevor one, I had Zach Wilson two, I had Mac Jones three, and I had Justin Fields number four. The 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 games that concerned me were Northwestern, Indiana, and um, the other one was uh, I mean there were some other games too, but those two games he didn't look great. 
Um, but nevertheless, I think we need to move on because we're 40 minutes in and we got to talk baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I, I would say just, just to kind of to your point there, I mean, yes, those games weren't the greatest from him, but he was also dealing with a lot, I think, on his own team, which was, you know, kind of it was the struggle. Like he wasn't getting much help, but, um, what? I do believe though. Wait, what? You didn't think he was getting enough help at Ohio state. Oh no, no, no. no. As a, cl- yes. At Ohio state. Yes. As like a whole. Yeah. I mean, they have one of the best teams, but you meant country. like in the Northwestern game, in those games, I think the team around Trey Sermon played. ran for over 300 yards in that game. Yeah, he well, yeah, he had a rough. It was the first half, right? What was the? Uh, it was the first half that Fields was. Or was it the second half where he really struggled? He the first half was rough. I mean, he didn't play well the whole game though. But I mean, he got three hundred yards from his running back. I, yeah, I thought he got true. When you get three hundred yards from your running back, you should do a little bit. But he didn't need to do too much in that game. Well. I mean, they almost lost, but right. <laughs> Northwestern choked. Northwestern did Northwestern stuff. But when we saw him play on the biggest level, like against Clemson, that right there, I think, kind of negated. Like, you can struggle in a game against Indiana, and then if you play in the national championship and play like how he did, it's like, wow. You know, it's just the clutchness factor, I think. Like, that game meant a lot more than the game against Indiana. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, yes, but I wouldn't underscore the importance of that game because if Indiana won that game, Indiana would have gone to the Big Ten championship game. Okay, that's fair. And then I, you know they had to they had to win that Northwestern game, otherwise they weren't going to get into the playoff. So, um, but I do agree with you about the Clemson game. He was superhuman. Um, yeah, we got to move on though. I hate to yeah, do this. Yeah. We, we're forty minutes in. We promised people baseball, and by the way. The reason why I love Joey so much is because he and I can argue and we have so much respect and love for each other, by the way. Gotta say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's the whole, you know, you gotta you gotta disagree once in a while. You can't have all the same opinions and same thoughts, and that's just boring, you know. Well, some people can't handle disagreements and it just it annoys me. Like I'm like, no, I'm not attacking you because I disagree with you. <laughs> like right, yeah. Cool. People fail to realize that though. I think they they automatically look as like, what? You don't agree with me? <laughs> but no, I mean you don't have to agree with me. You know, that's the whole point. <laughs> so uh the Field of Dreams game was played this past weekend. Really a phenomenal series between the Yankees and the Sox. I saw the Yankees win yesterday and the Yankees ended up taking two or three, which they really needed to do, especially with a number of their guys, such as Anthony Rizzo, with COVID at this time, uh, decimated roster. The Field of Dreams game, Joey, was so remarkable. It was the highest rated regular season MLB game that we've had in about 16 or 17 years. And I think the the really the only stain on the game was that the middle part of the game it looked like for the longest time it was like it was seven to three or something like that. And it looked like, okay, this is just not a very close game. They brought in Costner for a while and they were just kind of talking with him because there wasn't a lot going on in the mm-hmm. middle of the game. But the start of the game was great. The way the players came out uh, from the cornfield with the music playing, it was remarkable. And the end of the game was just Oh my gosh! How fun! How much fun was that, Joey? 
I mean, I saw a tweet put out there, so I can't say that I came up with this, but it's not hard to come up with. But I mean, it was a movie, right? Yeah. Literally, it was a movie on the field. That's how I looked at it. I think the game itself, the presentation was good, uh, really good. I think that Fox did a really good job with it. Um, you know, I, I think them coming out of the cornfield was was really cool. Um, Kevin Costner, I, I didn't quite understand why he didn't say what he says in the movie when he was on the mic. <laughs> That's just me. What? Why didn't he say no? It's Iowa. Yeah, but, I know, right? That was I was that was like as a Christian, I'm like, where's your? What's with this theology now that uh, Iowa <laughs> is heaven apparently? Because the movie's like, no, this is Iowa. <laughs> yeah, right. And and it, you could tell. Um, I was listening to uh, Bernstein and Rahimi on 670 The Score the next morning, and he was saying how, and I, I didn't really notice at the time, but you can tell when you play it back, one like half the crowd is saying yes, and the other half is saying no. And then when he says, I can't hear you, or whatever, is this heaven? He like says it again. And then the other, the, the side that was saying yes, switched to say no, and the side that was saying no, switched to say yes. <laughs> It was like very freaking weird. It was very awkward. It was very strange. Yeah, the game was incredible, though. I gotta say, yeah. uh, you know, the, just the way it finished and played out like that. Tim Anderson. I mean, the, the Yankees with their hitting back. What was it? Back to back home run, or was it two two run home? I can't remember how many. Uh, it was Stanton and Judge that hit bombs. Yeah, um, and they then had a couple of them. I think Tim Anderson hit the uh, the walk-off into the cornfield. And then yesterday when I was at the game, Tim Anderson came up late in the game with a chance to tie. He was a tying run in the bottom of the ninth, and there were two guys on. And we said, we're like, if Tim Anderson hits a home run here to tie this game, that bat is going straight into the crowd. It'll be like the biggest <laughs> bat flip from Tim Anderson you ever seen <laughs> in his life. I mean, he is just—he's just so fun to watch, man. Like, I—I—I'm I, all for the bat flips, and and especially he brings a different type of energy to the White Sox. I think they just—the teammate, his teammates just love him. Fan base loves him. I mean, it was—it was incredible that he was able to do that on that type of stage, and people can really because so many, like you said, it was the highest rated, you know. A lot of people were watching that game. So yeah. for him to get that type of attention, I think what he deserves, especially, and uh, that would have been cool to see if you if you could have <laughs> saw it uh, live. But I think there's plenty more of those Tim Anderson bat flips coming. <laughs> so to be clear, the bat flips never really do anything for me. Like I think – I when when a guy drops his bat versus laying it on the ground, like there's no to me, it doesn't really enhance the quality of the product, but it, it also doesn't anger me either. I think it's just like okay, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think when you celebrate, it's got to be in the right moment. So when Tim Anderson hits a walk off there and he doesn't like like what Javi did to Amir Garrett a couple weeks ago. He stooped to Amir Garrett's level. He went way too far. You don't badmouth the pitcher. You don't you don't do that kind of stuff. That was that was too far. But what Tim Anderson did was like he's just celebrating. It's a big moment. It's a walk off. You're not 
saying anything directly to the pitcher, mocking him. You're just having fun yourself and celebrating and having fun. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I get your point. Yeah, it's it's it should be a, a solo celebration anyway, or like with your team, but not yeah. against the other team. I I can definitely feel that. I, I uh, there was so much bad blood there with Javi and Amir Garrett. And personally, I can't stand Amir Garrett, so I was well, for it. That's, <laughs> that's but it's not an unpopular opinion at all. <laughs> not an unpopular <laughs> at all. Yeah, he's just he's just. And you're right. He stooped to his level in that moment. And, you know, yeah. I wasn't salty about it at all. You know, being a Cubs fan <laughs> and being that it's Amir Garrett. But if we're talking about it being like uh, a regular thing and like, you know, back talking to the pitcher and like talking to the other team about just out of the blue and stuff like that, I think I don't like that either. I just like the celebrations. I I, I, I like the backflips and stuff personally. But so I the stuff that I really like, Joey, is the inside the dugout stuff because in the dugout you're celebrating with your team rather than just kind of doing like an individual type of dance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like, again, like in a walk-off situation, it's you're hitting a walk-off. Like you don't have to hide your emotion there. It's a big moment. Um, but I love seeing like what Tatis has done um with their with the swag chains and then the Phillies have been doing the straw hats and I, I love that stuff. I love the Astros had a couple years ago where they'd all look at the camera at the <laughs> same time. Like that stuff's really fun, especially when you're getting your team involved. Baseball's a long season. So when you're having fun with your team inside the dugout where you're not really um if you're again I, I think I think a big thing is when you're pointing or looking at the other team's dugout or their pitcher or that's when it's in poor taste. But I think you can have a lot of fun without doing that. And I think the other thing to it that's key that Fernando Tatis Jr. has really mastered is the fact that he's not a jerk. Like in the past, the guys Mm -hmm. who've done this, the Tatis style stuff have been guys who've not, who quite frankly, not been very humble uh, polite people. And Tatis is just so likable. He's not a bad guy. He's a good guy. And I think the fact that he kind of is able to show like, look, I'm not a jerk. I'm just adding some flair and having fun. I think that's why it works so well right now is these guys, they're not, there had been guys in the past and I'm sure you could think of them where you're like, Oh, that guy is such a jerk. And of course he's doing that. So it had always been associated to uh, bad character guys who are doing that kind of stuff. And now it's like you have good guys having fun. No, it's not bad behavior. Yeah, I definitely could see that. I mean, I think like the the guys that were bad that were doing it or like, you know, had like a bad track history or whatever. I think they gave it a bad name. Yeah, to be exactly. Honest. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think I think uh, like guys like Tatis, it's making it fun again, and making it like, or it's making it more acceptable, and it it's it's exactly what I think for the kids, you know, like that they like they love to see that, right? Like it's not just like it's become so much of a, and I personally I don't I I just have gotten over a lot of these unwritten rules to the point where. It's like because a pitcher can strike somebody out and like do a freaking like didn't cuss by the way, <laughs> do like job. a leap 
and a circle around the mound. You know what I mean? And like pump their fist in the air, but like a, a batter can hit a home run and they, they can't uh, show any emotion. They're just supposed to run around the bases. And like that to me, it was like, okay, something's off about this. Like the, the pitcher's going to strike out like eight guys in a game. If he's really on and a batter's going to hit one home run or some, sometimes maybe more, but if he has a good game, it's probably hitting one home run and they can't sell it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, that whole dynamic, it was it was always a little bit off, and I'm glad to see that uh, guys like Tatis Jr. and like you said, uh, by all accounts, seems like a great person uh, and not very humble. They're changing it a little bit. Yeah, and I I don't like to go to the length of saying that I dislike the unwritten rules of baseball. I actually do like them. I just think that. I'm I'm a moderate in this regard. Like I like to see a little bit of flair. I like to have guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. in the game, but I also want to keep the Madison Bumgarners in the game too, because Madison Bumgarner should be able to express himself the way that he wants to. Not everyone's got the same kind of personality, so I don't want guys who are naturally not um, showmen to try to be showmen because it's going to be awkward. So I think mm-hmm. I like the unwritten rules. It's just. Uh, yeah, I think we're, I mean, the game's in a great spot right now. It's been a phenomenal product all year. Ratings have been up collectively across the board. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, the only thing that they need to change is the blackouts. <laughs> yes. That's a, but, a totally different subject for another day. Okay, going back to the Field of Dreams. So what this was, what was great, I, I pulled up the clip. I listened to it. Uh, from two years ago on this show when I found out that there was a Field of Dreams game that was going to happen. It was initially going to happen last year. And I think a lot of people were sort of not sure why this was happening. And I think we, we should address why it's happening. The reason why they did a Field of Dreams game was it's 162 games. It's a long season. You want to have some special showcase games that make the game special. And really, I think this thing started with hockey um, with the Winter Classic. And then they started doing like a Winter Classic Stadium Series. And then this past year, they said they they did the game at Lake Tahoe outdoors. And it looked really cool. But unfortunately, they didn't execute it very well because the ice, it was too hot outside and the ice was melting. So they had to postpone the game and people didn't watch it on primetime. Um, so a lot of times when these ideas are formed, they don't end up working to perfection. It seemed like this thing worked out as well as it could have. No, they were not making the game for the people to go to it in Iowa. They had 8,000 seats only. So the tickets were like $1,200. They're really expensive. Um, but that was because they wanted it to be a great TV product. And if they had filled that entire stadium with 40,000 people, then it's not the Field of Dreams game. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't play as well on television. So this was made for TV right here. And the idea is let's try to lure people in with some kind of appealing, unique game attached to something that's iconic. And then you get people who don't normally watch baseball and you end up having a good game. And like you said, you introduce them to Tim Anderson and he hits a walk-off home run. Now these people, hey, maybe they want to watch another White Sox game. Maybe they want to watch a Yankees game. Maybe they want to watch the next primetime game on Fox. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, they couldn't have asked for a better, better outcome with this game. I mean, not just the way the game played out, but, uh, you know, they got really lucky when it comes to weather and stuff. You know, like you said about those other special games and events and things like that. I mean, they could have easily been dealing with a, with a postponement or a weather rain delay or something. Yeah. And that would have just ruined the entire thing. And then what's the ratings going to look like then? I mean, in the tank? And are we doing this again? That's going to be the question. Are we going to actually do this again? And now there's no question. Like, they're going to do this again because of how well it, it turned out. And, I mean, such a classic event like that. I mean, yeah, you you got to have some some type of luck on your side or God on your side to, uh, you know, make things go the way according to plan. And the only, the only thing I'll say, though, about um, uh, the tickets and stuff like that, yeah, the prices were insane. And it was more for the for TV. And I agree with you there. And it played out that way. It was was great that way. Uh, the only thing I'll say is I think it felt it, it feels weird when it's like they're actively pushing it as well, that's the first home run in a major league game in <laughs> Iowa. You know? So then it's like, but then Iowa Iowans or however I don't know. Yeah, Iowans. Iowans are like, well. We didn't go, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it, it gives it that weird, like, yeah. it's like an in-between thing. But it's it's it, it played out well any way you look at it. I mean, really, it, it played out well for MLB. So my question to you, Joey, is this is, I think this is our opportunity to get creative. How do we expand on an idea like this in the future? What, what do we do? I mean, we're going to have a Field of Dreams game next year. And maybe that ends up being a cool tradition, but there's got to be, again, it's 162 games. So why can't we have more just fun, unique? Uh, Maybe there's a movie theme. Maybe there's a nature theme. Do you have any ideas for what we do next? Um, to be honest, I don't want to mention the person that I'm thinking about when I think about what, transpired or what's going on with him whatever you know the trevor bauer situation but that's okay you can mention him yeah i mean you know whatever that's but the sandlot game was really cool to me i know that's not like is how that his idea that? i thought it was i'm not sure if it was i, had, I actually had not heard someone verbalize it but i i was thinking of that so continue okay well, because did you did you watch that? I'll just ask you: Did you watch that little uh, thing that they did last year, where it was like uh, Derek Dietrich and uh, those guys kind of playing like lot ball, basically? No, I didn't. I didn't. See okay, that. that was. I thought it was really cool. But how would you do that in majors? It's it'd be like you could do a themed uh, type of sandlot type of game. But I don't know. I mean, I guess my ideas would be. Now, I don't even really so much for the themes. I'll let somebody else come up with those. But I I think what they need to do is play every major league team needs to play at least one game in a city or, yeah, one game in a city that doesn't have baseball. One game in a city that does not have baseball. So no minor league baseball either. Or minor okay. leagues for a game. 
you you could technically kind of yeah. because I think I think there's an idea there. If they play in, there's so many cool minor league parks across the country, and you could bring the sport to smaller markets. That would, I think, that would be really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. You could do something like that too. You could play in these minor league parks. I guess building new parks would be a little bit expensive, but I think maybe do it over time. Maybe it doesn't have to be like, a, you know, we're going to start next year and have every team playing in a new, like it doesn't have to be a new ballpark. You could start with like some minor league parks like that, like you're saying, and kind of expand the market. But I think like some of these cities and some of these states, they deserve to have baseball yeah. there and major league baseball at least once in a while. And it doesn't have to be a huge production like it was with Field of Dreams. Maybe it, only half of those games are kind of like nationally televised games. Um, but I think it would just be really good. I think it would just grow the game. You know, I think it would be good. Okay, so I have some ideas, Joey. I, I was thinking about this today. Let's go back to Sandlot game. I think that's a great idea. I think you could just take some kind. There's so many vacant lots across the country. There's got to be somewhere where they're doing a little construction. You got <laughs> some kind of a dirt field. Maybe plant a little grass down in there. And then, yeah, you're basically, I mean, would it be any kind of like a safety concern for them to, for outfielders to be standing out in like dirt rather than grass? Would that be a problem? Uh, I got to think about that. Cause I, okay. I, think, I think it could potentially be a problem if they like say something happens and then maybe it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Okay. So, but I mean like it can't be too different from playing on AstroTurf. That stuff is so hard. Like <laughs> we'll be like playing on the infield. Right. So I'm yeah, exactly. So you're you looking at the dirt like acceptable. I think it'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you put a little grass somewhere. There's gotta be somewhere in just middle America where you can set up basically the same thing where you do like 10,000 seats and you make it look like it's just some vacant lot that they're playing baseball in. I think that would be sweet. I think mm -hmm. I would go and, you know, to tell the truth, I'm not even like we're doing the sports movie bracket on my site and you guys can vote for that. And my uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita show, put those <laughs> polls up each day. Um, the Sandlot for me is not like a top tier baseball movie. It's more like, okay, it's a cute, fun movie, but I don't think it's like an amazing movie. Um, I'm like that with the field of dreams, by the way. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I, for me, baseball movies, it's like uh Moneyball, major league, uh, mm -hmm. the rookie field of dreams and the natural, I think are the top five. I like those. I like those choices a lot. Um, I don't know what other ones I could toss in there. I do. I will say I do have Sandlot up there and it's got nothing to do with like the baseball aspect of it. <laughs> well, something to do with it, but just, I just like the movie. So yeah, it's a fun movie, but it's, and yeah. it's, it's iconic. So there's something you can do with that. I mean, Bull Durham is a popular movie. You oh, can play, I forgot that. Yes. I you can play that. at the Bull Durham Stadium and have a Bull Durham game. Like, there's baseball movies. But let's go even beyond baseball movies for this, Joey. How about Backyard Baseball Day? <sighs> Man, 
Who's Pablo? Who's going to be Pablo? <laughs> I mean, look, this is kind of like I really was a big fan of having a, a an NFL game on Nickelodeon and having some slime. And uh, I, I really hope they expand on that idea. Maybe you can bring a major league game to a network like Nickelodeon or Disney Channel for kids to watch. Backyard baseball was the game of our generation. It was the mm-hmm. game. It wasn't on a console. You just played on your computer. It was so much fun. And it felt like you knew all these kids that you played the game with because they were just like the local kids in your community. So backyard baseball day. I think you could have maybe you even do a double header. It doesn't have to be just one game. Maybe you do maybe you do one game, but you could set it up like Make it look like they're playing baseball in a backyard. Just take some gigantic field, build a fence there, have it with, uh, make it, you could even replicate like steel stadium or something like that, where you have a little swimming pool in the outfield and the kids wear, I mean, the, the players wear, uh, you could you could put out an animation of what each player would look like as a backyard baseball kid with a little baseball card. You could give those out. You could sell those. I, I mean, I think there's, yeah. I, think I mean, I think they should also remake backyard baseball for kids to play now on like, oh, yeah. Your iPads. They should put it on PS5 now. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that's a good idea. I mean, any way that you can grow the game, and this is like something that was so fun for our childhood that we loved, um, you're going to, you're going to bring in adults like us. Yeah, because we're interested in it. And then the kids are going to be like, what's that? And what are they wearing? And what's this field? What's the stadium? Oh, they're giving cards. Yeah, it's I think that's a great idea. I, I don't know how they'll do it. I don't know the whole, like, you know, <laughs> the logistics of it. But I think it'd be cool. Like, when's the last time we've seen like expanding on your, you know, possibly double header thing? When's the last time we've seen say like the Cubs and Cardinals play on the field and then the nightcap will be like the Reds and Pirates. Like when's the last time yeah. we've seen you, like on the same field? I think that would be cool too. That would be really cool. Like do it on a Saturday or do it on like Labor Day. Maybe not Labor Day because you got college football Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Do it on, you know, do something like that. I tweeted I I just pulled this up. I tweeted this on June 14th of this year at MLB. We need a national backyard baseball day across major league baseball each year. Pablo Sanchez and Pete Wheeler bobbleheads at the parks have a game played in a sandlot sunny day on the call. Mr. Clanky throwing BP. What do you say? (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's go. I hope MLB, they better respond to you. I know. I know. I hope someone needs to listen to this show. I I got lots of ideas. I also think you could do some type of a nature type theme like they did with the uh, outdoors for hockey. It was like NHL outdoors at Lake Tahoe. Last summer, I was driving up to, we like to go up to the Northwoods of Wisconsin as a family each summer. And I drove past some ballpark and it just looked like it was out in the middle of the woods and it just looked so cool. I was like, that could be something like you play in the middle of the woods. 
there got to be parks like there's got to be one really close to a beach where maybe it's like it's similar to I, I mean obviously you have like the splash hits at SBC uh well it used to be SBC then it was AT&T and now it's Oracle Park in San Francisco mm-hmm. um I mean they did the home run derby of the Northwoods League when I was in college like my friend played in the Northwoods League they had it at the Kenosha Harbor in Wisconsin where it was like hit the home runs out into the water and you had like to clear a, an area. Like there's a lot of stuff you could do. So like you could do it on a beach. You could do a game in the woods. You could do something by Mount Rushmore, have Mount Rushmore off in the distance. There's so many cool sites to see in our country that you could incorporate into middle America with these games where they don't normally play major league games. Be awesome. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. I guess the, the one thing it's going to just come down to is, uh, are they willing to shell out the money and, and how much it's going to cost to be able to build something at the locations that we're thinking about. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they made it, they made it out there. They made it happen in Iowa, absolutely, and they got their money's back. They more oh. than their money. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Backyard baseball day, I think, would be a cash cow. Absolutely, and and yeah, it's a great idea, man. They should definitely somebody should be listening to this and start taking some of this. And the Mount Rushmore one, especially, that sounds really cool. Oh my gosh, someone needs and Major League Baseball needs to hire me. I I'd have I'd I'd grow the game and in two days in the office, they'd be like, man, this Jack guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, but before you're hired, they'll be like, ah, Jack, I don't know. We don't know who you are. Wait a second. We listened to your idea. Okay. Come on in. <laughs> I agree though. You would, you would, uh, you do some work over there, but you got to make sure you hire me to like, Oh, just of like, course. Yeah. yeah just Jack, help, help me out. Jack and Joey, and we would have like another one we could do is like an old time mobsters, like New York, like stickball game in New York City with all these Italians. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> I would love to. We'll, we'll make it like a scene in uh, a box tale or something. <laughs> we could um, reenact that. We could do a box tale, make it a baseball. Oh. Oh, I like that. I like that. Something. There's a Ooh, hardball would be a good one too. What was that? Hardball. Hardball. Oh, I never saw hardball actually. Haven't seen oh, it. Oh, you need to see it. By the way, I, I like the, the movie bracket thing you got going. I've been trying to vote when I when I remember that you have it, uh, or if I see it, I go and I vote. And there's some of the movies I haven't seen on the on the list, but uh, do you have? a lot of good ones on there that I'm like, Oh yeah, that one's moving on for sure. And then <laughs> it gets interesting. What's well, now that you're getting into it. Yeah. We're the sweet 16, by the way, the thing that's really annoying, I don't understand it. Instagram must've had some recent update where if you put polls on your Instagram story, it gets buried in the algorithm. So a lot of people have been telling me that my polls that I put on my Instagram story aren't showing up and it stinks because I I put out like, for instance, yesterday I'm at the Sox game. I take a picture, 130 views. 
right now I put out four polls on my Instagram story. And last year when I did these polls for the first bracket pool that we did, which was the kid show bracket, like best kid show of the 2000s, we had like through the roof, high engagement, extremely high, like higher than my normal stories. Right now, 49 views on my story. Like it's it's ridiculous. So a lot of people just aren't even seeing it. So if you guys are listening to this and you want to vote, like go onto my Twitter and just look at through my tweets each day and do the same on my Instagram. Cause I'll put it on my story. It might not, co- it might not show up on your feed. So click on my profile and then see if I have a story and just do it each day because I'm going to put it out there. Send it to your friends, share it with folks. It's been fun. Uh, what's your favorite sports movie, Joey? That's really put me on the spot. I haven't actually, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a favorite. I, I've got like top. I mean, I like Rudy. You know, I, I like some of the others that we've mentioned already. Um, think of some other ones that I really like. Um, man, there's so many good sports movies. That yeah. <laughs> that I think right now, I mean, Hardball is great. Uh, the Rookie. Uh, I mean, Rookie of the Year. I like yeah, that. that's making a nice little Cinderella run as a ten seed. Might yeah, get to like, the sweet, might get to the Sweet Sixteen if it wins today. I like that. Uh, there's some other ones that I of, of other sports. I think I like Friday too. Night Lights. Is uh, I think I had for my my final four. I picked Friday Night Lights, Major League, uh, mm. Moneyball, and then I can't remember the other one, but yeah. <laughs> It was like the rookie. Yeah. What was that? I said I like Friday Night Lights too. Yeah. You mentioned that. Uh, I'll have to take a look at your full bracket and see. I'll I'll give you. I'll like send you a picture of my top four. Okay. There we go. I like it. Yeah. You gotta like. I can send you the bracket. uh, Well, yeah. I can email you a PDF version and you can fill out the whole thing. That'd be awesome. And I'll just (laughs) go when you do the. the postings of them, then I'll just go and vote, you know, so you get the the votes and so we can see what actually is winning from yeah. the public. Yeah, there we go. That's how we do it. Okay, a uh, couple other th- just news items I want to touch on real quick. Um, and we're going to wrap things up because uh, I want to go sleep, Joey. I'm tired. It's been a, it's a busy weekend. I went to, had a great time, but I'm tired on a Monday. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I, we were just talking. I mean, doubleheader yesterday. Uh, practiced Saturday. Worked all day. Practice. Well, it was kind of like a makeshift practice, just me and my buddy. But it, still, I mean, I'm. How am I supposed to be a, a franchise player if we're talking about makeshift practice, man? <laughs> okay, it was real. If anybody asks you, <laughs> it was a hundred percent real, and we worked our butts off. Talking about practice, man. Not a game. Not a <laughs> game. Practice. <laughs> no, we'll talk about a couple games here. Okay. So the Atlanta Braves just smoked the Miami Marlins. They've now won nine of eleven. The Atlanta Braves, my preseason pick to win the World Series, are looking mighty strong. I think I'm back in on the Braves, Joey. Uh you know, I'm I'm 
I think you're probably the on the right side right now because <laughs> didn't they go through a, a stretch? I think I saw you tweeted out too uh, where they they hadn't won back to back games in like a lo- very long time or maybe I don't know how many they made the Major games. League Baseball history for going 17 or 18 straight games where they alternated a win and a loss. <laughs> Unbelievable! I've never. I. I mean, yeah, that's we haven't seen it literally. So, uh, and then they finally got over five hundred. I, yes. I think they just have a lot of talent. I mean, Ronald Acuna losing him was big, but they supplemented that by, you know, the additions: Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, Jack Peterson, uh, Adam Duvall, I believe too. Um, they they've got a decent squad. I you know I I think they might be the most talented group in the, in the NL East, uh, all things considered. So, yeah, I mean, why not be back in on them at this point? They're playing well. I would not sleep on the Braves. And here's the thing. Uh, it looks like the Phillies didn't play today. I was curious to see because the Braves are now going to have a game and a half lead over the Phillies. And I, th- I do think that's going to be a pretty tight race. I do think the Phillies are good and they have a, they have an easy schedule here down the stretch, which plays to their favor. But all I'm saying is you win that you win that division and you're only going to have to play one of the three NL West teams the way that the playoffs are set up. So, you, so one of those three teams is going to come through and get to the NLCS. And you are going toe-to-toe with the Milwaukee Brewers most likely. The Brewers have an eight-game lead over the Cincinnati Reds. Reds have a chance of actually stealing a wild card. Um, we can chat about the Reds in a second, but I mean, all you got to do is you a three of five against the Brewers. And look, I love the Brewers pitching staff. They got great. They have as I mean, for a five game series, Peralta. Uh, that's right, Freddie Peralta, right? Yeah, Freddie Peralta, mm-hmm. Burns, Woodruff. Those three guys. I don't know if I. I don't think I'd take another one, two, three in the NL mm-hmm. for a five game series, but the Brewers, I don't trust that. They might not score any runs in that series either. So if I, I, you, if you can get through Milwaukee, which Philly and Atlanta can both do. And I think you make, I can make the same argument for, I also like Milwaukee for the same reason, because they're playing the Braves they are playing the Phillies. And these are good teams, but you're, avoiding the three of the teams with the top four best records of the NL at this time, you're not going to, you're only going to have to play one of them. Um, and that will be in the NLCS. So you, it's a, it's a diluted field. I, I, I don't know what the right term would be, but look, it's, you get a, you get through that. You either get through Milwaukee or in Milwaukee's case, you get through that NL East team and, then you just got to beat either the Giants, Dodgers, or Padres, or Reds, I guess, is the other team. But it's it's a it's an easier path than one of those NL West teams is going to have, especially the team that gets in the wild card. And you could play the Dodgers at that point, and let's say the Dodgers had to use a little bit to get through the wild card game, and uh, they're let's say they're fatigued from last year you have a puncher's chance of beating the Dodgers. So I think that the Braves, the Phillies, like 
the Brewers, I think all three of these teams are in a really good spot to tell the truth. Obviously, you got to win your division if you're in the NL East, but it's not a bad place to be. No, it's definitely not. Um, it, it's it's really it's cool to see like the breakthrough guys too that they've had with the pitching um, with the Braves. You know, like Tuki Toussaint finally. Yeah, he's pitching real cool. well. Yeah, and it, for a while it was like he was kind of he'd get called up and he wouldn't do so yeah. well. And he'd send him back, and then you know he's kind of like going through this little cycle. And yeah, he's actually looks like wow, he's turned the corner maybe. So, and then some of these other guys, like uh, Mueller hasn't been too bad either for them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, they made some moves, obviously, too, bringing in, like, uh, Richard Rodriguez, you know, to the pen. So, and and I, I think I agree with you. I mean, it's just really survive in advance. You know, you get into yeah. the postseason, you can have an easier matchup maybe playing the NL uh, East against the, the central we'll see like what's the you know you only got to play one of those teams you said like to get to the NLCS and then when you get there anything can happen so i mean yeah i mean it's all about who's going to be healthy at the right time i think you know we'll see what happens like with the Dodgers with Kershaw and like some of the other guys like Mookie Betts i mean i don't expect them to be out for the whole season or anything like that but I, it's like you just don't know. Like if you're playing good baseball at the right time, it's yeah. baseball. It's still baseball. Yeah. It's a wacky game and a bloop single can, it looks like a hard hit ball in the, in the box score. If, if it finds the right, the right area. So uh, it's just, it's one of those games where it's like, yeah, this team has, and Freddie Freeman has really just been locked in after the slow start. So him and Ozzy Albies, he hit that walk off the other day, I believe, like last week. Yeah, uh, that was sick. Yeah, he won me a lot of money on DraftKings, by the way. <laughs> um, it was a good night, uh, Ozzy. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's they, a big man, fan of the show. He just heard you. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we'll tag him, anyways. Um, I think, and I don't want to sleep on the Mets too much either, because I think you know we'll see what happens with the ground. I don't know when he's coming back, but. I think their team, you know, or Javi Baez, he's out, even though they just traded for him. Uh, you know, he's still a quality hitter in that lineup. I I don't know. I mean, they, they have so much talent on that team. It's just it hasn't been aligned for whatever reason. With Just nobody's playing well together uh, at the right time, it feels like, with the Mets, and yet they're still right there. Uh, yeah, they're on a three-game skid right now. I don't know how they're playing tonight. Or if they're playing tonight. They're but. playing the uh, Giants right now. They're tied in the fourth inning. I mean, tough. They have, okay, here's why I'm totally, I'm pretty much out on the Mets. They just started a 13, I think it's like a 13 game stretch. No, wait, that can't be right. 11 maybe? They, they have a lot of games where they play, they have to play the Giants twice and Ooh. they have to play the Dodgers twice. Yeah, I think it is 13. So yeah, I, I didn't realize was, that was yeah. their upcoming schedule. That's rough. Yeah. So I and they're playing their worst baseball right now. They just started this stretch. It's tough for them. You know who's not playing good baseball right now? The Cubs. Well, that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> it was a layup. I don't know. I had to. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't where I was going to go. But yeah, uh, yeah, go yeah. 
Cubs now have lost 12 straight. They lost the Reds tonight. And this is this is like the Cubs are the gift that keeps giving. If you play the Cubs over these next six weeks, congrats. Like there's yeah. there's you if you do not sweep, you did something wrong. Like <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah, that's what it feels like. So Reds are gonna pick up some wins here right now, and that's important because the team in front of them is not playing great. And that's the San Diego Padres. They just got Fernando Tatis Jr. back. They're trailing right now. Looks like they're about to lose to the Rockies. Um, their pitching staff is in shambles. Blake Snell hasn't been too great this year. Darvish just went back on the DL. They picked up Jake Arrieta as a as a hopeful fix for that pitching staff. Um, Jake, by the way, released from the Cubs this past week. The Padres, I mean, they're this is like they're so good. Their offense should at least keep them in that wild card spot. But I, I'm starting to think that they're not in the same weight class as the Dodgers and the Giants, which is wild because we would have never thought the Giants would be the team that's running away with this division. Oh, preseason. I mean, I, I I fell for it. I was I was just like everybody else. I mean, I thought the Giants were just yeah, mad. They're gonna be awful. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I was like, okay, a little bit below five hundred. I didn't think they were gonna be terrible, but just because I saw, you know, maybe a bounce back season from Posey after the year off, but not to this degree that all these bounce backs happened, like Crawford, Longoria. You know, I know he's been out for a while, just came back, but. You know, you have bounce backs from all these guys and then the emerging young guys and some of the pitching, like Kevin Gossman, the gas man, has turned into like a stud. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just all kind of worked out with the Giants, and they are not going away. How many times has has uh, a writer written about this team? Not, I'm not saying me, but just, you know, you can read the articles out there and said, well, it's only a matter of time before the Giants take over the division or the Padres yeah. take over the division. And that has just not been the case. And here we are, more than halfway through August, <laughs> and they sit in first place and are one of the best teams in baseball. So, I mean, and they picked up Chris Bryant, by the way. So yes. this team's not going anywhere. And it's, yeah. it's, it's actually kind of scary that you can – you can play this well as a team that many looked at as an underdog uh, and and still, you know, like who would have thought that the Giants, I mean, uh, the Dodgers and Padres, and now like you said, you know, Padres could be falling here a little bit. Tatis getting him back's big. But uh, who would have thought that those two teams would have potentially be playing each other in the wild card game? Not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I really did not have that on my bingo card for this season, unfortunately. But do you think uh, – you mentioned Tatis comes back here, and that's big for the Padres. It clearly is. Uh, they slid significantly without him. I mean, even even without him, I mean, even with him, their pitching staff is so questionable. Mm-hmm. Um But Tatis now is going to play center field. It looks like they're going to have him play there for what could be the remainder of the season. They believe that there'll be less stress on his shoulder from center field rather than shortstop. And I I did play center field a little bit, Joey. I never played short, really. I was third and center. So I was like Chris Bryant 
except mm-hmm. I didn't hit home runs. I was like a <laughs> like a Mark Kotze kind of bat with like a Chris all Bryant right. sort of defense. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, but um, player. Yeah, and I mean, I I really enjoyed playing third generally more because you saw more action. You were involved in every single play. You had to be on your toes a little more. And at center, when they hit it out to you, it's a blast. Like, it's great. I love it. But, yeah, you don't, you're not involved as much. So do you think that this is the right decision for him to – for his shoulder to get better? Do you think this is a good move? Because some people are – some folks are questioning it. I think anytime you play a different position, I think you could run into some situations where you're not familiar with and something could potentially happen or go awry or go wrong. I don't think – the Padres – look, the Padres are doing what they think is best for him, and they've had talks with them. And, I mean, if, if, if you've been kind of following this from the beginning of the season – Doctors were saying it's only a matter of time before it happens again. You know, when he first got hurt with the shoulder and then it happened again. And I believe this is like, what, the third time maybe that he came back from it now Um, and just hits a bomb as soon as he comes back. I mean, the guy's ridiculous, right? So he's one of the most talented players probably we'll ever see in baseball. I mean, it just, how do you, you're like a freak if you just come back from the IL and you, and you do what you do right away. I, I don't necessarily agree that he should be playing center field and not shortstop, but at the same time, who's to say that they're wrong if if it does prevent him from injury? I just think that he potentially he's, his effort level is not going to change. Like That's the player that he is. So when he's out there in center field, he's probably going to dive for a ball or something or throw it as hard as he can from the center field wall and try to get somebody at second base or third base. You know, so... I think that he's as long as he's playing, the potential risk for injury is always going to be there. Doesn't matter. Yes. So the Padres also they lost. Uh, they were no hit the other night by rookie Tyler Gilbert. Is that his name? I, I hope I got his name yeah. right. Sure. Tyler Gilbert making his first career start throws a no hitter. What a legend! It's crazy. Yeah, who's done that? Who has done that's that's. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's it, happened. It was the fourth in MLB history, but the three other guys were like pre nineteen thirty. Like they were, you know, it was a different league back then. Yeah, it was way different. <laughs> I mean, it just you just would not even think that that would happen in this day and age. Because most of the time, you know, when they're making their debut, they're not allowed to go very long now. Yeah. You know, so that was his debut, correct? That was okay. I, I want to make sure I heard that right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought. But they're what they're on like a seventy-five pitch count or something because you know a lot of these guys they make their debut. They're not really pitching that many pitches. So just the fact that he was able to go that long and then did it, pulled it off. <laughs> it's like ice in your veins because you got to be nervous in your first major league outing. Like, yeah, absolutely. So uh, great story there. The Oakland A's have been playing some really good baseball. Good series this week. A's and White Sox. I think they actually play four over the next uh, few days. Um, So keep your eye out for that. I'm trying to see what else 
in terms of series. Uh, let's see. Red Sox Yankees. Uh, that's that's going to be <laughs> that's a huge huge series right here, mm-hmm. Yankees and Red Sox, because um, I mean the Red Sox have really been sliding quite a bit, and this is this is huge wild card implications. I don't think either team's going to catch the Rays, considering the Rays are playing the Orioles right now, and they have a four game lead over Boston. Uh, Reds should get a chance for some wins against the Cubs this week. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny looking at some of these matchups, like Phillies play the diamondbacks. And at this point you got to sweep, like you got to get those free games. Like these are easy games. You got to take them. Um, I'm excited. Joey should make for a good last six weeks of the season or so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we know how this works. We've been watching this long enough to know that, you know, even though they're supposed to be gimmies, doesn't mean they're going to be because, These teams are, these teams are still playing for something. They're like the individual well, players themselves. I the mean, Cubs aren't. <laughs> right. Well, but the players are playing for jobs. You know what I mean? It's, it, yes. Yeah. I was much, just being. I was being snarky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not. Yeah, they're not playing for. I mean, it's hard to watch. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm still a little like uh, got a thorn in my heart, but. Uh, <laughs> It's uh no, it's yeah you're right. It's it's brutal to, to watch. I I just think that you know these like these games like the D backs and stuff. Teams playing the D backs. A lot of these guys fighting for spots, and it's gonna be fun to watch to see if these teams take advantage. And then like the close matchups, like you're talking about, Yankees Red Sox. Obviously the historic rivalry there. That's gonna be fun. Uh, I was honestly, I don't know about you, but I'll just bring it up now that we're talking about them. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised, but I guess I was a little bit, I, I questioned the Yankees going for it at the deadline. I don't know about you. I really questioned the Yankees. I didn't think that they had, uh, I mean, they were back a little ways. And I know, I don't know what you're going to sell at that point. You got guys under control. That guy's under contract, but I, I just, I question them going for it. I know they're still in it now, and they're only like what, I don't know how many games back of a wild card. But at the time, I thought there's no way, and now it looks like, I mean, they got hot, and now they're only two games back of a wild card. So, I don't know what were your thoughts like at the deadline. Obviously, uh, either way we answer this, we're gonna. I, I'm wrong. I look wrong right now. But well, I think the thing is, is that. If you just look at, I mean, first of all, it's baseball. It's like you were talking about with the the Braves. It's a similar team. Like you just got to get hot at the right time and get in. And I look at the American League, and I don't see anybody is unbeatable. I mean, the Rays had a great team last year. Um, well, I, I do think they're the best team in the American League right now. But does that mean they're going to win the AL pennant? It's tough to get back two years in a row. The Astros are good, but I think all these teams, like with the White Sox, like they're not a great defensive team. Like there, there are flaws you can point out with each team. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted, I was talking with Brian Cohen, host of the Challenge R Hap podcast, a uh, friend of ours, 
and member of our fantasy baseball league. And I said, to, I said to Brian, I'm like, is this Brian Cashman's last stand? And he's like, this is all of our last stands. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, that's funny. That's funny. So he's, so he's like, had it up to here at this point. Yeah, I know um, Gary Sheffield Jr. has been pretty ticked off at them, too. He's another guy who's been on this show. Uh, I, I I message with Gary a little bit, and Gary tweets a lot. And he's he both those guys feel like, and other Yankees fans, they were getting extremely frustrated. So I think it was kind of like Cashman's like, all right, let's just go all in right now. Because to tell the truth, like they're, Cashman and Boone are both – it's a lot of like these guys could be on the hot seat. Like Cashman's mm-hmm. been here for over 20 years. Like it's not like this should be someone's job for, for that long. Like it's just typically not how it goes. You don't have GM running a team that long. Um, so yeah, those guys were, I mean, I think it all made sense. It was kind of like, all right, let's just, let's put the chips in. Let's go for it. And why yeah. not? So when you put it like that, it yeah, it makes a lot more sense now because I yeah. I'm not following like in the weeds like a lot of these Yankees fans are too. I mean, I like of course, like when you look at it, when I was looking at it on paper and then watching the way the first half of the season was going, I'm like, I I was like, this team isn't that good, but you know they have talent on the team and it was guys underperforming and then the moves they made, Gallo obviously. My boy, Anthony Rizzo, um, and then the pitching that they added, they made it seems like they made all the right moves because they they picked up some steam and I, I I like to see teams go for it. So I mean I I guess I shouldn't be on, I I don't mean to be on that side ever because no. I really, I love when teams go for it more rather than tanking. I just you know you love to see the the effort to go for it and if they sneak into the wild card just the wild card they could be scary if they make yeah i mean i was thinking like this yankee Sox series like this would be a great playoff series i would love to see another i'd love to see the five or seven game version of the series absolutely yeah i think that'd be a lot of fun and if you look at uh i know i know you, you so you think the rays are the best team in the in the al right yeah i like the rays the most i mean Raising the White Sox would be the two for me, but and then it's like with the Astros, the Astros are the team that has the best record against teams above 500. Like that's important, but the, the Astros might not win their division because the A's are playing so good right now. They're only two and a half games back. And the next time the A's have been getting pummeled a lot of times when they play the, when they play the Astros. So if they actually win one of these series, like that would do, so much good for them. So I don't know. I just think it's a it's really like a log jam of teams right now. I I I could be talked into any of them to tell the truth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really interesting because you know once you get into these these series or these short, let's just call it a spade a spade. The wild card game is just wild because it's one game. So yeah, uh, you know, when you get into that type of atmosphere, that type of game, you're really just, it's your studs against the other team's studs. And then how you can even bridge the game together. Like we've seen many times from teams like the, the Rays and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, of course I'm, I'm guessing we'd see it from the A's again, if they were to make it because their pitching staff is like, it's Sean Manaya and, uh, 
Oh, forgetting the other name. Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas, thank you. And uh, uh, the other guy, uh, can't think. Chris of Bassett. Chris Bassett, the Hound Dog. Yeah, dude, he was. Uh, I mean, people get on the socks for the Tatis trade. People should get on the socks though for trading Marcus Semien and Chris Bassett <laughs> for yeah. one year of Jeff Samarja. That was that was awful. Right. Right. Yeah. And and you know, there's some other trades too that are. Some other moves that didn't quite work out that they, yeah. Uh, the other guy Zach Thompson, who actually looks pretty decent with the Miami Marlins, I believe he was a White Sox player. Yeah. So I mean, there's some moves that didn't quite work out the way that I mean, I know this rebuild really took off in the White Sox. You can't really, you know, knock it either way. But uh, well, those I can knock those because that was before they were rebuilding. That was that was yeah. were bad. They were trying to compete. Joey, yeah, we're out of time though. We've been on for ninety minutes. Uh, we got to wrap this up. So, mm-hmm. how can people find what you're working on? And give a give a plug for your uh, the stuff you've been writing lately. Well, first of all, I apologize because while you were talking, I dropped my water bottle. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, all good. But uh, yeah, uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at the riot three two six, and I'm just been writing for. On tapsportsnet.com, and then I've been writing not as much lately, but I, I will be cranking it up for the uh, NFL DFS stuff at primetimesportstalk.com. And uh, yeah, mostly most the work I do at On Tap is uh, Cubs related, and you can find them on Twitter at Cubbies On Tap. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm up to. Of course, you know, you plugged the podcast, gotta crank out some more episodes there. Uh, soon and have you on again yeah love that. Uh, so yeah wherever you can get your podcast you could probably find it there definitely on spotify and, and itunes and all that so hey that's about it man i'd, I'd be doing uh i know we've had some uh, discussions about ian happ in the past so i actually <laughs> i have something in the works i've been working on for quite some time but i keep putting it off little by little and then adding more as the season goes. And I'm kind of working on like an E and a half monster article that'll be Mm. out at some point. So that's sweet tease and plug and all that. All right. Good stuff. I look forward to checking that out. Uh, His name is Joey Ricotta. He's at the riot three twenty six on Twitter. Thanks once again, Joey. This is a blast. Yeah, Jack. Thank you, man. I always a pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on and, it's just fun to do this. I, I love oh, talking yeah. baseball with you, talking sports movies, uh, arguing about the Bears. <laughs> yeah, arguing about Justin Fields. Yeah, let's all of it. All of it. It's great. It's a blast. We'll we'll do it again sometime this football season. I'm sure. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the Jack Vita Show. If you did. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts and write a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll do us a lot of good. Help us boost our way in the algorithm. Guys, if you like the show, share it with someone. Just tell one friend. If everyone told one friend, hey, you'd like this, you'd like this sports show. Uh, we can we can build something here. And I appreciate all of you who have done so. Um, and I appreciate all of you for listening. So you can also get in touch with me on social media. My social media is at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
and you can vote for the best sports movie of all time. We're down to the Sweet 16 now, so make sure you vote. Get out there to the polls and make your voice heard. Until the next time that you hear from me, again, talking college football with Andrew Stem later this week, getting college football stuff out, and then another baseball episode next week, and potentially, potentially a very special guest coming on the podcast might be next week, might be later than that, but we have someone that I've been in contact with who's big time, and I will reveal who that is once we have a date for that podcast set up. But make sure you guys are subscribed. So until then, I'm Jack Vita, bringing the dance to the lobsters.